You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. All right, we are back with episode nine of Cards to the Moon, and unfortunately, Hyung, John, and myself, Clark, are not recording this episode at the National, where so many of our hobby peers are currently. So guys, next year, we're planning on going when hopefully there's no restrictions on flying abroad, right? Absolutely. 100%. Nice, nice. Okay, well, before we get into today's hobby headlines then, a question about the National. Do you think there's going to be some kind of resurgence in the hobby after a big event like this? I ask because... I heard recent stats are that almost half of the people registered for the national this year are attending for the very first time. So maybe a wow. hyped event like this, yeah, will get collectors, you know, across the continent even more excited about the hobby. What do you guys think? I 100% think it's like great for the hobby. I I'm just mm-hmm. wondering why it's not in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that would Next be year, the perfect man. place, Wild. no? Yeah. Like it should yeah. be there every year. That's my. I, I think. I think it could do wonders in Vegas. I think it goes hand in hand, and I think yep. it just helps the hobby absolutely. I wish I was there because, like, people bring out some, some big guns. You know, mm-hmm. you're told to bring bring a wad of cash. You know, bring out the <laughs> right. big guns, right? And it's it's good for the hobby. You you see cards that you rarely see. You meet people. You know that you only knew the the resurgent came from COVID, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of new collectors in the hobby, so you you really haven't seen a lot of people, right? So I think it's great, um, and I think more is needed. I especially here, like north, in yeah. like in in the C- Canadian side, Toronto. You know, I think as things open up too, I think that's going to be become more popular as well. Yeah, I, I feel very optimistic. We're about to see a really good resurgence i think when you look at some of the lead indicators in pricing like lebron luca um you're noticing pricing going up we saw the news about jay-z's group we saw some murmurs about a rod and panini all of these things were kind of creating buzz in the last three to four weeks um and we kind of like this is a bit off topic but we we talked about this um before we started recording about how you know, Bitcoin is seeing the resurgence after the news this week, and I and I feel that non-traditional investors are in things like sports cards, Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum. Um, so I feel like you know it all goes hand in hand. What if Bitcoin goes up, Ethereum's going to go up, and I think so is sports cards. So I'm I feel very optimistic, even and and you know even better that 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 we have the national right now that's really causing uh, such a huge buzz. Um, yeah, I feel very optimistic. We're about to see a, a big resurgence. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement for sure. And the best thing about the national or even local card shows, which Hyung, as you mentioned, we need more of, is just to meet up with people, right? Like right. that's what that's part of the fun of um, being in the hobby too. Like just mm-hmm. um, talking sports cards, and you can make a lot of deals in person as well, right? right. So absolutely, that's one thing I'm definitely looking forward to when things start opening up even more going to the card shows and yeah definitely in for next year yeah. uh next year's national and i, I think they've all always had it at the east coast right or like 
in in the Midwest in, to the East Coast. No, I think they they yeah they had it in like uh, Atlantic City, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, right. Somewhere That's a there. Good spot. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a good spot, I think too. Yeah, but yeah, I think uh, Tor- Toronto shows like I've been in pre COVID. They're they're mm-hmm. so weak. Like, it's not worth going. But I think there's potential. Like we we need to yeah. change that, right? And I think there's. Yeah. Um, there's enough people now in the hobby, especially in, in, in right. geographically located in Toronto, the greater Toronto area where it would attract, you know, a lot, you know, maybe a future event, you know, five card guys mm-hmm. event, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'd be down for that for sure. <laughs> All right, cool. With that, let's get into today's hobby headlines. So John, you had a good idea for today's discussion. That I think will help a lot of collectors, especially those who are just getting into the hobby. And that's to come up with some do's and don'ts of investing in sports cards. Each of us have certainly learned a lot over the past few years buying and selling cards. And we've made our share of mistakes too. So why not provide value for our listeners today and give at least one do and one don't from each of us when it comes to investing in sports cards. Sound good? Yep. Okay, Uh, I can go first because I think it's a really straightforward do, this one I'm going to just mention right now. Mm -hmm. But I still get a lot of new collectors DMing me at Five Card Guys on Instagram about whether such and such card is a good buy. And honestly, the simple answer is to check eBay comps of recent sold (laughs) listings, right? (laughs) Like I think it's a good measure of current market value. I think I have like this answer on on Word and I just copy and paste it now every time I get asked this question, <laughs> you know, but it's definitely a good measure of current market value. So right away, if you see the listing for a certain card is, you know, way above the most recent sales, it's probably overpriced. Mm-hmm. And conversely, right, if it's way under recent sales, it might be a real bargain. Although it's not as easy to find those bargain bin prices these days. Right. Related to that, you can also check 130point.com yep. to check recent sales of listings, right? Great tool. Yeah, especially for ones where an offer was made and accepted on a sports card. And shout out to Will, one of the guys in our chat group, mentioned a company called Alt that just released a Chrome extension that does virtually the same thing. That's cool. But directly, yeah, but yeah, directly yeah, in the yeah. eBay, eBay search results. So so yeah, you can see exactly oh, what sweet. people are paying for That's cards That's an eBay now. addict like a gem right there. Like yeah. That's the perfect thing for an eBay addict. It's his 100%. best Going to save so much time. So, exactly. So, yeah, that's my first do. Do check recent sales to gauge current market value. Nice. Yeah, who wants to go next with a do? Um, I'm going to say do your research and stick with your gut. Um, you know, typically a lot of people... Like I say, the whole concept of everyday prices excite people. So a lot of people go into an investment not thinking that they want to sell, you know, within six months or within a year, but then they see everyday prices and kind of, you know, sell based off that, right? So uh, one, do your research um, and trust your gut and why you kind of made that investment, right? And Mm -hmm. Second, uh, I guess uh, don't on the other side, like just chase because that's the popularity because most likely by the time you're chasing, you're going to be holding the bags, right? Just like any other investment, you talk uh, crypto, you know, stocks, Mm -hmm. anytime, you know, the media is getting to it, you know, you're, you're late, right? You're going to be the bag holder. So it's the same concept. 
yeah. as follows. So those are my, I guess, do's and don'ts. Yeah. Good one. Nice. Yeah, I'm with you, Clark. I think this segment is, we're going to probably be doing this segment a lot more. So we're going to start with the basic of all basics. It's super cliche, but buy what you love, right? And I think yeah, that yeah. concept, number one, it's it's a it's a big concept for collectors, but even for investors coming in, I will have to assume anybody who's investing in sports cards, you know something about sports, whether you're a fan of bat, you're not... You know, you're not going to be a sports card investor when you don't like sports, you don't watch any sports and you're just going to start like no one does that. Like everybody to a degree watches one of the major sports, kind of likes it. Um, So you are like a fan of sports, right? Whether you collect cards or not. So even investors, I think um, one of the big mistakes is you hear about some guy. Uh, or you hear about this guy might pop off or something, something. You don't know anything about them. You just heard it from other people. Um, uh, you don't necessarily like the person. You don't follow them. You don't watch their games. And you go buy it. And what happens is when the car goes up or goes down, especially when it goes down, you get scared. You feel huge remorse and regret. You don't know what to do, right? You, you just want to, you don't even want to hold on to it because you don't enjoy watching the player. So I think that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even for investors, not just the collectors, I think buying what you love um, at, at the minimum, investing in players you enjoy watching. So if you're a football lover and you enjoy watching Brady or Mahomes, like do your best to try to get some Brady and Mahomes. You know, if you're into basketball, you're, you're, you, you really enjoy love. You love watching Luca or Trey, you know, like those would be your initial targets right before you start to really you know, get to, to some of the like obscure names, but yeah, yeah. I think buy what you love, you know, it, it's been a mantra for collectors, you know, forever, but I think it also applies to a lot of investors. For sure. We say that all the time here too. Yeah. 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 That's our quote, their, our, our motto, I guess, buy what you love. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You can never go wrong. You can never go wrong. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Cause honestly, if it goes down to that point, you know, you're just happy to have that card because you're a fan you could just display it in your office or whatever you want to do with it right 100 percent. all right i like those dues i'll so for my don't it's kind of related to what you mentioned earlier hyung about not chasing but i'm going to be a little bit more specific because i've had experience with this is don't spend all your investment money speculating on baseball prospects because <laughs> it's it's a losing game because there's so many prospects out there right. that it's almost like a lottery play. If you're going to equate it to like buying stocks, it's like buying penny stocks. Like, <laughs> so tread carefully because, like I said, there are plenty of prospects that are cheap actually, but I feel like most will go to zero, and it's one of those high risk, high reward games. Because honestly, the top prospects that do have a shot of making it you're already paying a premium for them already, right. like right out of the gate. Yeah. For instance, Wander Franco, Vlad Guerrero when he came up, Ronald Acuna Jr. when he came up. Yeah. You're not going to get those at a discount even right. when they're in the minors, right? Yeah. So. And I think a lot of collectors don't, or not collectors, but people don't realize that's why, you know, prices are so like astronomically high because they are the number one prospect so it's like that's the price current going price for that because it's totally overpriced you know the guy hasn't played a single minor league game and he's more expensive than like a Mookie Betts for instance what like how does that it doesn't make any sense but that's the whole point yeah (laughs) yep I remember and if you are going to play like it like it's fine to 
to play that game with some of your funds, you know, like anything you diversify. But yeah, don't try to, don't think you can hit all those prospect picks because it's it's so hard to do that. Right. And yeah. and I've been lucky a few times. Like I picked up an Andrew Benatendi a few years ago when he was a hyped Boston Red Sox prospect, and I flipped him um, maybe a year and a half later for a good profit. And the same thing with Dansby Swanson when he was a top prospect. Right. And look at those guys now. They're just, you know, in the that, hobby at least. Yeah. They have so, a very well. average value. Yeah. Like right. you, yeah. you become an average major leaguer. It's like your prices right. go to zero. It's like, so that that's the, on the flip side, it's like the superstars get the love, right? Yeah. And that the, the good players, like there's so many players that we talk about that, you know, don't get so much love in the hobby and it doesn't make sense, right? So it's like. For sure. And that's the question: Are they un, un? I guess uh, you know, underrated, underrated or overrated at that point, <laughs> right? right? right. So. <laughs> Absolutely, and nice. it, I bet it applies to all sports. But for me, I think certainly baseball is where you get a lot of those prospects, for sure. cha- prospect chasing guys, right? So, so yeah, that's my don't. Nice, I like it. So mine, mine is related to you guys too. So I think that the theme here is on emotion like don't be emotional Mm. i think you're supposed to take advantage of people being emotional right so i'm gonna get a bit specific too don't buy during the playoffs so that that's my that's my thing i think when people mention you know like kind of like how you guys just mentioned prospects the prices are already baked in like them being in the majors and doing well in their first years, it's already baked into their prospecting because they're like the number one prospect. So it's already assumed they're yeah. going to make it and they're going to be huge, right? So it's same like the playoffs. People mentioned prices baked in. Like when you are, you know, I think Giannis was low because everybody assumed he's going to get knocked out by the Nets. But once he surpassed the Nets and once the Lakers are knocked out, the prices were already starting to get baked in that he's going to the finals and or has a chance at winning the title. So people are already overspending, outbidding each other because of the thought process. I think Giannis is going to win it all. Or Chris Paul, you're overspending because you think, I think this is the year that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to win it, right? So those yeah. prices, the them winning it prices are almost already baked in. And I, I think, um, yeah, for me... You know, for anybody who's out there, I think playoffs is a time to sell. If if you're thinking about going in on somebody during the playoffs, I think it's already too late. You, like you're you're gonna be, um, yeah. I mean, if you really, unless you really really want it, like you can't, you know, it's, collect what you yeah. love. Um, you can't be mad at that. But yeah, if if this is for investing, like yeah, don't buy during the playoffs. Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. If if I were to add one, I would one more. I would say uh, don't lose a card and we always say this in terms of bidding so when i buy an ebay if i really love the card it's like mm-hmm. don't nitpick with 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 oh fifty dollars yeah. sixty bucks it's like <laughs> right, right, right it's it's the worst to lose a <laughs> yeah. low pop card because you didn't want to spend maybe a one percent two percent overage of yeah. you know that bet so it's like when you do go in on a card that you really really like or it's like really low pop it's like right you know, bid bid aggressively. You know, and don't worry. You right. most likely you're not gonna you're not gonna probably you know pay that full amount, right? So it's like there's many times where you know I went way higher than you know, and make makes your heart sink. But then you you pay only like seventy percent of that, right? Because it's the next highest bid, right? So I know a lot of right. people that end up losing out on a a big time card 
right? And it goes for a great price because they wanted, you know, maybe to, you know, save save a bit, right? Or or, or that exactly. mentality, right? So yeah, I would say don't do that. And I know people <laughs> who have benefited, like John. I I know you did that with uh, with one of uh, your Luis Robert oranges. I think I think you yeah. got a phenomenal deal. You you kind of like overbid then what the going I guess rate was at the time. And it kind of benefited you because that card's not going to show up anymore, right? It's like, mm -hmm, right. you know, and that's the whole logic of, you know, today's prices versus, you know, the future price. And when you deal with low pop cards, it's like that spread is so much easier to deal with where, you know, you're the last comp. You control the price now, right? Nobody's selling, yeah. right? So, yeah. Yeah, that goes. That's great. That's a great point. That goes hand in hand with it, what you said before and trust your gut, right? I think right. if you've you've done the research, you know that it's low pop or whatever you've you've researched, you feel like you know player X is being slept on right now or very underrated, and you feel like this card can in twelve months be a three X or a five X card. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that's the point where you've you've done it all the research you can, and at this point you're just gonna go and and get that card, and. Right. If it's a $1,000 card or if it's a $500 card and you believe one day it's going to be a $3,000 card, what does it mean if the comps are 1000 and you pay 1250 or you pay 1500 if you believe it's going to be like a $3,000 card right. like Exactly. That's that's what right. that's what Hyung is trying to tell the, you know, tell all the listeners is like don't if you believe in something at that point trust your research and trust your gut and 100%. then you you go you go and get that card, right? So Sure. I completely agree with those big time cards, especially, right? Like mm -hmm. I've made that mistake where I would bid only a certain amount and I would think if I got it at that price, it would be a great steal. Right. And then it goes like a hundred bucks or 150 or 200 bucks over. And then honestly, as always, the next time you see that same card on auction, it goes six, seven hundred dollars over. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're like, damn, that I should have bid $50 more, yeah, or $100 exactly, more yeah. for that last auction. Yeah. Happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I have one more don't and and you know if you're thinking about investing in sports cards as like investing in stocks I would highly not recommend people buying hits from packs or cases or boxes <laughs> right when they're released it's oh, essentially yeah. like buying a stock on their IPO day you know right, you know right. it's going to pop and it's just uh there's already you know, someone's going to buy it. Like people with cash are going to buy those cards and, right. and it's going to just be inflated. They're usually always inflated. Right. And 100%. if you really like the car, I would just, you know, just wait a little bit. Yeah. And, and usually they tend to come back down to a decent level. Right. So yeah, I feel like, it, yeah, great point. Like if you look at the, if you look at the trends, uh, generally it's about a month, right? So anytime a new product releases, I would say don't buy anything raw. Don't buy any singles. Um, you could buy like boxes to rip if you want to have some fun, but yeah. don't be buying for investment purposes in the in that first month. And right. some classic examples recent is like the the first launch of uh, a Lamello product was the hoops, right? I, was I think the say, yeah, yeah, the Lamello hoops raw right when it came out was going for like three hundred. I don't even think it goes for that in a PSA ten form right now, right? So. Right. That's the difference between you know day one versus like what how long it's been now six months. Yeah. yeah. Conversely, if you rip a box and you hit one, it might be a good time to sell. You know, right away. Like, yeah. yeah. You get the best yeah. value at that point. For sure. 
Cool. Any other do's and don'ts before we proceed? If not, I got I got more, but I, I think we're gonna I'm gonna save them for uh for okay. future segments. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this can easily be a reoccurring segment. Oh, because, for sure. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. Yeah, but I like it. I like the idea, Jen. So thanks for bringing it up. And yeah, we'll revisit this. All right. So our next segment is Fast Five. We're bringing it back this week. And to remind our listeners of what Fast Five is, we are going to list five players and we'll say whether we would buy, sell, or hold on them as sports cards investments. Okay. So player number one is Chris Paul. And... I'm putting up Chris Paul because now that the NBA championships are over, I know there was certainly a lot of hype with Chris Paul. Um, So close to winning his first championship. Definitely a Hall of Famer in the near future. But with the NBA playoffs over, with, you know, who knows if he's going to make another run. He's getting up there in age. Do you think it's still a good investment to go in on, on a guy like Chris Paul or... Is it just too late at this point? Because, you know, Devin Booker, his teammate, will always have value. He's going to be a hot player, right. and everyone's expecting a lot from him and his in his young career. But, yeah, Chris Paul, what do you I, guys think? I think based on his prices, um, you know, he's I, – I think he's a buy. Like, I think he is a little overpriced, I guess, for the market right now where, you know, there was a lot of hype. But I think Mm. if we're looking at it from like more of a long-term investment, I think, you know, these are the guys that are still affordable, you know, and these guys have led or left their mark in the NBA. And you look back at, you know, the Magic Johnsons, the, you know, the John Stocktons, the Carl Malones, you know, all those guys we grew up, you know, watching and, 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 and seeing, and that's going to be the same for the next generation, right? These guys are, Mm. you know, superstars of our generation that, you know, he's like 11 time all-star, like that's, that's not an easy feat. Right. And, you know, for him to be, you know, I'm, I was happy for him. I wish, I wish, you know, he could have, you know, snuck one away, but like at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's a, he's a superstar. So I'm like, if if we're talking buy at the dip, but yeah, overall just the buy in general, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Point guard, point guard is a buy for me, hundred um, percent. Anytime you have playoffs, uh, usually pricing will show that immediately after a championship is won or the season is ended, prices start to to go down. And I'm gonna assume I haven't checked Chris Paul's prices, but I'm gonna assume it's gone down quite a bit. Versus probably in the middle of the playoffs, um, you know, people are probably now worried. Okay, I think that was his chance. Like you kind of mentioned uh, off the hop, Clark. I think that was his chance. He's getting up there in age. I don't think you know he may you know he may not come back to the Suns. I don't think he's going to have a chance to do it again. And people are going to start dumping. And I think this is a great time to buy. And I say this with some, um, you know, like you know, caution. This is not a you know quick flip buy i think chris mm-hmm. paul at this point you're looking at one of the greats of all time so it's kind of like investing in tim duncan or dirk nowitzki or Dwayne wade this is going to be a long-term hold he's going to be go down as one of the greatest point guards of all time uh certainly in my opinion he's definitely in the top 50 and i think towards the end of his career which could be the end of next season i don't know it could be two years from now at most three years from now when conversation starts happening about him being top 50 him about to retire there are going to be points um where his his card prices could you know peak you know it's, it's going to be a while but you know let's say hall of fame induct, induction or whatever but if you're a fan of chris paul 
Um, I think right now in this offseason is, is this offseason would be a great time to buy, and I think his prices will slowly start to move upwards in the next you know one to three years. So I'm a right. buy for sure. I'm a buy. Yeah, I think it's going to be a sweep. Uh, if the prices do go as low as we think they might, especially in the off season, mm-hmm. there's definitely value to be had. But I, I just want to talk to the ones that do have it and are, or might be panicking now in terms of the price pricing of his rookie cards. It's definitely the worst time to sell. And right, yeah. for all those reasons you guys mentioned, with his career stats when all is said and done, at the very least he's a hold if you have him. So right. hold, and hold I think tight. it's it's it's, uh, it's pretty low pop too. I think it's just yeah. like super Sports low cards, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. like so it's oh, yeah. it's it's not like I don't think prices can really be that volatile because I don't mm. think I think the people with the same mindset, you know, with with that low of a pop, I don't know what it is, but I want to say like 250 in paper and 250 in chrome. And mm. you know what? That's super low like really in my low. opinion, right? Really so like low. how how much can it move? It all depends on what people in general think about you know chris paul right so yeah right for sure yeah chris paul's uh tops chrome year it's it's as if it's numbered but it's not numbered that's how low that's how low (laughs) the print run is you know i think the year after or whatever you know like some of the chromes were base cards were uh you know numbered to 999 i feel like chris paul's year was is 999 it was super low but they just didn't they they just didn't number actually number it yeah it's really low good point all right, our next player is Zion Williamson. If you check Card Ladder, their app or their website recently, one of his cards is definitely trending upwards. So I think savvy collectors are already investing in Zion now because he's been relatively quiet since the hype of his rookie year. You know, um, like I, I invested in him, in him last year because I thought the same way too. But it looks mm. like people are slowly catching on. And I'm not sure where the price of his rookie cards are. But like other people, are you coming back on the Zion hype train or are you still staying off him? I, I never left. I I was a big <laughs> believer in Zion. Like there's no doubt for me because one, as a trader. So when I say yeah. trader, I'm saying like if I'm buying and selling to a flip, you know what I mean? Mm. Like he's he's a perfect example because the volatility is, is great. He's a meaningful player that, you know, people people love. But the moment he he's terrible you know, people, people drop. Right. But for me, he showed what, like last year you put him, you give him some space, let him create, you know, that body and that quickness is, is pretty impressive. You know, he, he doesn't stand that tall. He's six foot six. So he's like undersized in terms of height, but like, and that's where I think, um, this, this past season, he, he kind of showed you what he can do. Right. And it was pretty spectacular for someone that, you know, I think he hits a few more free throws a game and he's he's a 30 point he's averaging 30 points a game as a 22 year old or sorry, the 20 year old. Sorry. You know, he's 19 last year, 20 years old now. So which is insane. And I've seen his prices <laughs> from the prism hype when 2019 right. came out. Right. So we've seen prism bases go for over a thousand bucks on Zion. So for it to be at 300, I'm saying it's it's at this is the dip. Right. I've seen I've yeah. seen his card prices. I don't see it going too much lower. I think as as he plays and he gets better and more mature, year three is gonna be big for him. And I think his prices right now in the it's the off season price. It's it's Black Friday. Right. So he's <laughs> a buy for for me. So 
you guys know I I trashed Zion before, and I think I put him in my like whatever the segment was like a as in like a future yeah like a future <laughs> regret. But that being said, I'm still gonna say a bye, and I I say that okay. because Zion and Luca, you know, they, again they're, they're the poster childs of this pop you know modern era, but at the same time. Their cards are also lead indicators in terms of like sports card investing in the modern era. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, for me, I still believe, I still believe a player like Zion has a shelf life. He's not going to be, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe it's he's going to be like super amazing for 10 years. I, I Again, I could be completely wrong on that. But I think Zion's shelf life is like three to five years. And with that being said, right now with the market being low and and, and looking like it's starting to rebound, um, especially with lead, lead indicators like LeBron and Luca and Zion starting to creep upwards, um, I think a player like Zion will be, um, in terms of investment world, uh, is is a good, really good buy right now. He's he's still going to be super relevant. Um, yeah, and I think there's still great opportunity. So uh, Zion in the next one or two years is for me it, it's a buy. Uh, Long term, you know, I'm I'm not so optimistic about him uh, in terms of a player, but yeah, right now I'm going to say buy. Okay, surprising. I'm surprised by that answer, but <laughs> after you trashed him, and know. we know what you said about Giannis last time, so <laughs> oh man, yeah, <laughs> never living that down. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, Zion is a buy for sure. I actually agree with you, John. Like I bought Zion last year, his Panini Select Light Blue Prism, nice for a pretty sweet price, and and I'm totally expecting to flip that in the next two three years. I think. He's going to have a lot of highlights in the next few years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a little worried about just the way he plays. And especially if he starts dunking, like he's was a little bit reserved, especially when he played the point guard kind of position. But yeah, I think I think he's going to step it up this coming season and the season after that. So there's plenty of opportunities to buy. And I also agree with Yihyung. Right now, it's definitely the dip where you can get some good prices for Zion right now, especially sure. if you're into the Panini Prism base game, like between three and 400. Um, yeah, knowing yeah. where, like you said, it was over a thousand at the yeah. height. Like it's that's... a third of the price. That's crazy, right? So yeah. I can see it definitely going back up there um, mid-season, you know, when, he, sure. when he starts playing again. I think it's another sweep, actually, for Zion. Sweep, yep. All right, our next player in our Fast Five segment is Eloy Jimenez, Jimenez of the Chicago White Sox. I think he was just reactivated he was. this week. He had a bomb. Oh, right? Bomb his second game. He went over for first game and then hit a bomb second game, yeah. Yeah, his so, power's yeah. legit. And we talked about him before on and off. Like, we're all big fans of Eloy, but... Yeah, so I, I feel like I already anticipated clean sweep, but what do you guys think on investing in Eloy? And I bring this up too. It's something to think about is he might be overshadowed even now with Luis Roberts. Like there are other good prospects on the White Sox, and I don't know if that you know that might hinder his the value of his cards. But anyway, something to think about. But what do you guys think about Eloy? Eloy is it's it's interesting because I've sold Eloy. Actually, because uh, there was a bit of the hype when he yeah. he was coming back, so it was my time to kind of like cash out because I had pulled mm-hmm. a lot of base. But for me, um, I think it's a it's it's a safe bet to buy. Like I'm personally not buying, um, but I just don't see a lot of you know upside where you're gonna you're gonna you know make tons of money. 
Um, because like you said, there's factors like getting overshadowed and, you know, at, at the end of the day, is he going to be like, uh, you know, 260, 270 with 30, 35, 80, 90 RBIs, or is he going to be, you know, better than that? Right. So it's like, right. it's kind of like that, what you said, you know, uh, after year three, you know, people's like first chromes, like they just like mm-hmm. die down because there's no momentum sure. going and they just become good baseball players. Right. But you know, obviously their talent doesn't justify the prices. So for me, I'm uh, I'm off Eloy. I've been selling Eloy, um, and I'm still selling him. So I'm I'm holding off, and I'm I'm a, I'm a sell. Okay. Damn. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, man, you guys made some con- <laughs> you guys made some convincing <laughs> arguments <laughs> that. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm I, I still love Eloy because like he was my chase too. Alonzo, Eloy. Yeah. Alonzo's yeah. the same way, but like no disrespect to Eloy him. <laughs> yeah. He's I think he's gonna have a fine career. I just like yeah. right now I'm I can't say that I'm gonna buy because I'm actually selling him. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I, you know, I'm actually selling he's just speaking him. Speaking so. facts. Yeah. 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 Uh, Clark got me with that. <laughs> with that overshadowing thing man this guy really could be you know i mean that's a that's a legit thing right when you're looking at players like you know pippen to jordan uh for toronto fans right. like you know mcgrady to vince carter like that was a right. that's a legitimate True. thing being overshadowed yeah. and i think he's definitely being over overshadowed uh i'm not sure with luis robert around and especially if luis robert does really well which i believe he will we talked about it before how much Eloy can shine. I don't now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh man. So I, I, I'm in agreement with Hyung. I don't know if the opportunity here is like 3x, 5x monster. But I'm gonna stick with what I was thinking before you guys spoke. <laughs> I'm 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 you know, I'm waning a little, but I'm still gonna say bye. I I I I'm kind of with Hyung. I don't know if this is like a huge, huge opportunity. But I, you know, he, he's a he's a silver slugger, right? He he won a silver slugger. He's yeah. he's a he's no, a he's an yeah. He's an amazing player, and his cards have been really low. And I think he's going to continue to produce. I think he's going to be you know up there with with the best. Um, I'm not sure how great his prices would be, but there's still there's still opportunity here to get into some low low Eloy cards. So I'm going to still say bye. Okay. I didn't expect any of this to go the way it has. <laughs> I thought it was Hyung would buy and then John myself, but I am going to say buy just because I compare him a lot to a guy like Raphael Devers, and I bought him early this season right. because because I know they they I know that they can hit, they can contribute to the teams that they play on, and they're gonna have solid careers and and you know both of them can mash like everyone likes home run hitters. So, and they play for great teams. So for all those reasons why I bought Raphael Devers, I'm same reasons why I would buy Eloy Jimenez. And I think, I think the hobby is going to pick up to, to the point where people are going to look for these kind of investments. It's not going to be maybe the most obvious ones, but they're going to say like, oh, this guy's a 3,100 hitter. And, oh, the White Sox are in championship contention. And, you know, mm-hmm. they'll look at Louis Robert prices or, you know, and see that, you know, it's just too high for them. So I think there'll be definitely investment opportunities for a guy like Eloy where you can make a buck. You might have to hold on to it a bit longer, mm-hmm. um, but I still think there's opportunity. And, I, and and he had that pedigree too. I think, you know, 
coming up to the big leagues he definitely was a top three prospect i think Um, no yeah he was he was yeah he was mashing in the minors man he's a yeah yeah. he's a he's the real deal he's um he's a he's a good i just yeah (laughs) i think think we get it i think i know i know because i'm gonna you're gonna be holding the bag for months man i'm just saying yeah yeah. you know like if you're if you're going after like a big risk reward this is not the type of player you go into but i mean don't get me wrong he goes and hits 25 home runs in his first you know yeah prices are you're probably gonna make some money right but like if he goes and does what he's gonna do i don't i just don't see that's it I'm not trying to justify it. Sorry, just yeah, because I still like him. It's like I'm still back and forth because you guys are a buy. It's like I'm kind of a buy on him too, but then I'm like, uh, listen, I'm I think he could hit forty in a good year. I think he could hit forty. I, I think so. so. I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe that with the protection, yeah. got that ceiling for sure. With with, sure. with the protection he has, well, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. It's like how many home runs can a team hit, right? And with all the <laughs> The players that right. hit home runs, somebody yeah. has to get out, right? So it's like it, it becomes overprotection almost. Like it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. counterproductive. Everybody hits the equal amount of home runs, right? Yeah. True, true, true. That's so funny. All right. Next player, also in MLB, is Glaber Torres. And I bring him up because we know guys in the Yankee system, if they have Aaron Judge, for example, the market is pretty hot for Yankee prospects and Yankee rookies that do well. And Glaber Torres was one of them when he got traded from the Cubs, I think, to the yeah. Yankees. And and the hype was unreal the first season and a half. But certainly since then, he's been average. You know, there's been criticism that he could only hit against Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> and if you take those stats away from him, he's a very mediocre player. But hey, you're gonna they're gonna play Baltimore Orioles a lot in the in their division, right? So all the stats count the Man. same. But how about for a guy like Glaber Torres? Are you still in on him or what? I I I personally like Glaber. I like his swag. Kind of reminds me of like a a Javi Baez, a kind of like a better Javi Baez. But yeah. it really concerns me. His his like um, his production in twenty nineteen uh, to twenty twenty, and mm. you know you you give the benefit of the doubt in twenty twenty, and then but then you see this kind of same. Um, pattern and what concerns me about that from a baseball perspective at least is you know he's an undersized guy right so it's like he was hitting yeah. a lot of homers you know in in that second full uh, his first full year where he think he had like 39 homers and it was like the the biggest thing right like and mm-hmm. you know uh him being undersized it's like something maybe mechanical or he's not seeing it or whatever the case you know it's like he doesn't have the power that can go 35 again like it's showing right now it's like when things are off this is what you're getting and for me that like at the end of the day you only have certain amount of time to put up the numbers right so it's like it's very Mm -hmm. concerning for me and i'm a huge glaber uh fan like like i i root for him i have i have his heritage actions i have uh, a few other you know glabers for my personal collection i hope he does well but personally i'm a sell I've seen his prices uh, were were pretty. He was the guy back back in 2018. It was him. Uh, it yeah. was Acuna, you know, Glaber, Otani, you know, uh, pretty much, right? And um, Glaber was, and sorry, Soto, and Glaber was kind of like the the guy there, right? So I've seen his prices come. So we're we're at the the ultimate low, I'd say, at, at his prices, and I don't see it like. Uh, I don't see it picking it up to where where it was, so I'm I'm a sell on Glaber. Okay, 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to say hold. Um, I, I like to, to add on to Hyung's point right at the end. I think his prices are too low. So it is, some would say, oh, this is a great time to buy. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I'm like Hyung. I, I don't know how confident. Uh, first of all, I, I'm not as in depth and knowledgeable in baseball as Hyung is. But at the same time, I, I don't, I don't have that much confidence. I don't, I don't know how Glaber is going to turn out. Um, so I'm going to just say hold because, um, it's too low to sell. And I don't feel greatly optimistic to buy even at a low point. Now, you know, as if, if what we believe in the market going up, goes up, I think all cards start to rise. And I think Glaber is going to be a part of that no matter what, because he's a Yankee and you know how it works with, <laughs> with the Yankee market. Like cards, if you're a Yankee, like cards will go up as sports cards go up. So there will be opportunities here. And I could see why some, some people may, may say buy, but I'm going to say hold to wait for what happens to the market. So sure. hold for me. Okay. And I am going to go with sell as well. I think he's the, like another Keston. Like I'm really concerned about, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, you know, with Glaber and like you mentioned, Hyung, like his mechanics seem to be off. And the thing with the Yankees is that they can just go get another guy at any yeah. time. <laughs> they have the money to yeah. do that. They have right. the power to do that. So, you know, everyone on the Yankees have has a, I feel like a short leash compared to other ball clubs, right? But, and I was, you know, like Yi Hyung, I was big on Glaber when he came up in 2018. I was like, yeah. so tempted to just like load up on his rookie cards. And, and, you know, even looking at his prices now is so tempting because I know what it was before. Right. So, yeah. like, you know, this <laughs> is like 2015 Bowman Chrome BGS 95. It's 500. That's so cheap. Yeah, so compared cheap. To, yeah. You know? <laughs> compared to what it was. So the temptation is there, but I'm just concerned about whether he can become the player that he was hyped to be. And right. I'm, I'm not 100% confident. So for me, it's a sell. And it's also a sell because there are people that still believe in him. So you can sell his cards for not okay, dirt no. cheap. Right. Yeah, exactly. For, for something, you know, I would almost sell it and reinvest into another that, player at this point. That Yankee market, man, it's strong. Yeah, for sure. All right, and our last Fast Five segment player is Kyler Murray, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. I bring him up because, you know, QBs are the ones to invest in, obviously, for football cards. Yep. And I don't know. I feel like he's being slept on personally, so I'll go first. I think he's a buy because his prices are have come way down from what it was when he first entered the league. But talking about the question of being overshadowed in the NFL, there's so many quarterbacks, right. That, that have the spotlight. And, right. and a lot of those guys like uh, Trevor Lawrence, for instance, there's a, there's a couple other guys coming in that haven't played an NFL game, but their cards will be highly valued when they do. Yeah, and right. that's pushing like even guys that have been in the league for two, three years. So Kyler Murray, and he was a hype prospect too, right? Like uh, number one, I think drafted number one yeah. as well. So first, so yeah, for me, I think there's a great opportunity. He still has the talent, I I feel. But yeah, I wonder if that same question of being overshadowed in the league by other um, hyped NFL quarterback prospects or even other rookies in his class are are going to be detrimental to his value. But for me, it's a buy. What do you guys think? I agree, Clark. I think uh, for me, it's a buy as well. Like I think I think there's a lot in there. I just think he's undersized, and that's what like really concerns people and his style of play. Sure. But 
I be, like th- this year is going to be interesting. I guess his his make or break year. So if to me, it's his prices are reasonable. Where if you want to take a gamble, because the type of player we know what type of player he's been in the spotlight with Oklahoma, even with Texas A&M, he's been in that spotlight. You know um, when he had to shine. So it's like you see the uh, slow improvement of Arizona the last couple of years, and you know he they're relying on him. And I don't know if he's the guy that can do it, but. I think based on the price, I think it's a fair shake where it's a fair it's a fair shot. It's a fair investment, I think. Um, and yeah, I think he's a buy right now. Yeah, Kyler Murray, I think right after the Super Bowl ended and prices throughout NFL kind of started to dip, you could have got you could got into some big Kyler Murray cards for pretty cheap. And yeah. I, I, I kind of regret not doing it because I think prices have started to rise as People, you know, are anticipating and some people are thinking he's being slept on. And I'm going to agree with the, th- the two of you guys. I'm going to say Kyler Murray is a buy. Um, his cards are still relatively cheap for somebody who's uh, one of the top um, touted quarterbacks in the league. And he's, did he win rookie rookie of the year? In his oh, in his year, he did, right? Um, anyways, I think, I think he did, but I could be wrong on that. But you know he's he's knows he knows how to do it and i th- i think you know based on what you guys have said and and some of the guys within our our chat group that know a lot about football like you know shout out to one of our boys he's 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 collecting Kyler Murray so i think just based on his expertise i'm going to tag along and i'm going to say it's a buy <laughs> <laughs> nice and he you're correct he was named rookie of the year yeah, there in you this go. season okay awesome that was fun playing fast 5 again We'll bring it back some other time. And yeah, that leads us actually to our other favorite segment, Pick One. Just a reminder for those who are listening to our podcast for the first time, Pick One is where we each put up a couple of players against one another and we choose which one we'd rather invest in. All right, so who wants to go first this week? I'll throw one uh, at you guys and you guys could, um, because this was big in uh, 2020. This is during... I guess when the whole COVID thing started and 2020 Bowman released and it was the mm-hmm. hottest, hottest product. Everybody's chasing, you know, Jason Dominguez and then Bobby right. Witt Jr. also signed for $8 million, right? So um, it's Dominguez versus Bobby Witt, just like when we were ripping. That's the two guys you wanted to get. Who would you rather have now? Hmm. Damn. That's a um, I wanted to pick Bobby Witt. Because I think he's a bit safer. He he had a little cup of coffee in spring training. He showed what he can do, and it looks like mm-hmm. he's he's all legit. the way legit. And there was some huge hype around him. But I'm still gonna pick Jason Dominguez of the two guys. I think his um, I like risk 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 reward going for a home run, and I think he has the bigger upside to be to really start to multiply your investment. And plus we mentioned it before the Yankee market. I think the Yankee market is so strong uh, on hype and players and prospects. Um, and you'll always have a lot of eyes, more eyes on it than you would um, a standard player in a smaller market. So for that reason, um, between like a 50, 50 shake, I'm going to pick Jason Dominguez. Yeah. I thought this would be a really easy one for me. Like I was going Jason Dominguez all the way. But he's like super young when I did his research. He's 18, yeah. man. He's, he's 18. a kid. Yeah. yeah. So he looks like, like a monster. He's ridiculous. <laughs> he looks yeah. like a beast. Yeah, for sure. 
But, oh man, even now I'm flipping back and forth. But I think <laughs> I'm going to go Bobby Wet. You know, in one of my, in one of the past episodes, you know, I'm uh, I'm not as uh, much of a gambler like you guys are. So uh, I'm going to go for the safer pick. And I think the safer pick is Bobby Wet. And looking at the prices now, and we talked about this even earlier in the episode, like some baseball prospects, the prices are already baked in. Right. You know, uh, and they're both top tier prospects. But if you look at them comparatively, like the prices are definitely much lower for Bobby Wood Jr. And he's still a top prospect. So I think I'm going to play play it safe and go Bobby Wood and, and feel good about making something off of it on a flip. But I love Dominguez. I love the potential. And I love yeah. that he plays for the Yankees. So it's definitely not a easy answer for me. But Bobby oh. Wood. I'm interested to, see, to hear what Hyung says. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll, I'll like I say. I'm I can't say and not do. So it's like for me, you'd think that I would have Dominguez, but no, I'm I'm all on all in on Bobby Witt. You know, I think wow. he's gonna be he's gonna be a superstar. <laughs> he's eight million dollars for a reason. You know, mm-hmm. and I like at one point he was so notoriously cheap. Uh, when yeah. when the hype died down after 2020, but I mean it picked up now. Um, and I think he'll be in the big leagues probably this year, you know, and he's gonna, he's gonna make a statement because I think he's ready. He's like ready to make a, and I think he's gonna, he's gonna be a superstar in the big leagues. I really believe that. And yeah, I think, um, that's why it's like, don't get me wrong. I think Dominguez, you're gonna, you're gonna do well with him. He's gonna be a beast, but he's young. He has three years <laughs> yeah. before he even sniffs the big leagues. So it's like if you want to enjoy his minor league career and follow along, then you know there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Do you guys know the pop report on um, Bobby Witt Bowman for Sapphire? Because I just remember watching a whole bunch of breaks. Yeah. And literally every single card would be <laughs> like ugly centering like nasty centering like <laughs> yeah. we're talking like 90 like 90 10 without fail you wow. hit bobby witt jr in a bowman chrome sapphire you're getting like a 90 10 sapphire sometimes like 100 zero like you're like <laughs> the border is like touching the other side of the card <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually curious I, I haven't checked it myself i'm curious what the um huh. the gem rate is on on that card because man that I, i'm gonna assume that thing is crazy low and i'm, I'm I'm already gonna assume that card is is really expensive, but anyways, was curious if you guys knew, but I'll check I, after. I don't, but yeah, well, this is an interesting point. All right, uh, Johnny, you got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually pick two specific cards, and it, it does go towards um, the two players too. But we're gonna go with um, Lucas rookie year optic hollow PSA ten versus Mahomes rookie year, uh, which is 2017. Uh, optic hollow PSA 10 Jeez. both for the longest time were yeah. right around 5k uh, I think the Luca because of you know him him being the poster boy and taking such a big hit I think his optic has dropped to around 35 okay. and uh, Mahomes has stayed pretty solid at around 45 but you know pop Luca has popped 275 Mahomes has popped 590 so of the two cards if you had the opportunity and you had that kind of money which of the two cards are you going for um, I'm going. I'm going with Luca. Um, I just like the deal better. I like the pop better. 
don't get me wrong. Again, it's both are a, a buy in my opinion, and there's no justification on what's better than the other. It's strictly where do I do I want to spend three and a half thousand dollars or five thousand dollars? And it's like right now, three and a half thousand dollars wins because you know it's much better buy in because both cards I think are going to be astronomical one day. So yeah, I'm a I'm a buy on both. <laughs> but yeah, Luca, Luca, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is a boring answer too but 100 percent agree with young i'm <laughs> luca all the way yeah. and i love mahomes too for as a as a play uh, especially long term i think he's gonna have a amazing career i think he might even rival brady when it's all said and done like i'm so high on mahomes but right now like the based on the stats you just mentioned and in terms of pop report and how much it's going for the better deals luca so it's it's an easy one for me and you know, it's basketball. It's still more of an international sport than football. So that also right. is a factor for me as well. Oh, you guys got me. I, I, <laughs> I was going to clean sweep it at Luca, but you know what? Just to, to not make it a sweep, I'm going to pick Mahomes. <laughs> okay. Why? Recent, okay. <laughs> so for Mahomes, the reason I'm going to say this is why I like the Mahomes card is optic in football is still really huge. Like mm. when you're talking some of the bigger uh, popular cards of, of like main rookie cards, Optic is still very popular and it's still big in football. In basketball, Optic for some reason has taken a huge hit in terms mm. of brand, brand power and all of that stuff. So when you're talking to potential future goats and there's no wrong answer here, I think Optic as a product in football being as strong as it is and you're talking Mahomes, uh, even at 4,500, it's a lot of money. But if you're in that ballpark and you're you're gonna chase goats and you're 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 like you're basically staring at like a future Tom Brady ish type player yeah. in the face and you're going after his like one of his main silver cards low pop yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll pick Mahomes optic hollow okay such a sick card yeah. both of them the optic yeah, hollow they're, 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 they're can't both lose amazing. With for sure yeah one hundred percent. Yeah, that was a hard one. Um, all right, so it's my turn. And I'm going to go back to just choosing two players. But the guys I am putting up against each other are Bradley Beal versus Russell Westbrook. Mm. Teammates, but who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. And why I chose these guys is I feel like those guys are just both underrated for who they are and what they've done. And, you know, they're kind of in similar boats too, right? They're looking for a championship and they've been playing on, you know, rough squads over the past few years. And, you know, them playing together this year didn't go the way um, they thought, I'm sure. But, you know, they're both studs in my opinion. And I wonder if it just takes either of them going to a championship caliber team to mm -hmm. change things around in terms of hobby value. And I could see both of them having that impact if things just work in their favor. So... Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook? I'm going with uh, oh. Ru Russell Westbrook for me. A um, couple reasons. I think overall, Russ has had the better career, longer career. And second, more importantly, the cards available. Like to me, it's like mm. that 2000, is it eight or nine? Like the, the chrome. Like, yeah. yeah, OG, you know, that's such a classic set the image is iconic you know i love mm -hmm. his the availability of his cards so for me it's easy russell westbrook 100 percent. okay damn 
Yeah, these two, you, you, this is a good choice, man, because <laughs> you're talking 2008 Chrome, Topps Chrome, which is an iconic set, and now you're talking Beale's Rookie in 2012 Prism, Prism. which is also yeah. the exactly. other iconic set. So there's yeah. the, the two. Um, oh, man. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch my answer again. I was going to pick Westbrook. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Westbrook at all. I've never liked him throughout his <laughs> career. I'm such a big hater. Um, but I can't deny his, like, he, the, he's just so much more accomplished. He's a triple-double machine, I think. At the end of the day, um, when his career is done, I think people are going to start to recognize him as one of, you know, like, a, like you know, one of the big-time players, right? And I don't know if he's going to finish in the top 50, but he could flirt. He could be in that, you know, right in that category. So yeah. uh, I could recognize the greatness, but I'm just going to pick Bradley Beal strictly based on what I would actually buy. And of the two guys, I would actually buy Bradley Beal. I, I like him as a player. I think he has upper. He's a type of player that I think any team could use to actually win a championship. Um, and I think he's going to have it. I think before his career is done, I I'm feel very optimistic. Beal is the type of player that's going to win a championship. And that card's going to really blossom. So, um, yeah, strictly based on the fact that of the two, what I would actually buy, I'm going to go with Bradley Beal because I think I would actually buy him. And I... I Truthfully, I have been looking at his 2012 prism for quite a while now. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I had to think about this one too, but I think I am going to go with Russell Westbrook as well. Just mm. he's just his athletic ability is ridiculous and and I think kind of what you mentioned, John, like when all is said and done, people will look at his career and 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 you know, just marvel at his, at his accomplishment. Like you, yeah. you can't deny it. Um, sure. And I love Bradley Beal too. Like I think he's so underrated, but he almost has like uh, that Damian Lillard effect. Like I don't know what he has to do to get even more respect. You know, right. like if you look at his stats, especially over the past season and the season before that, he's top five scorer, <laughs> and yeah. and he's yeah. so like no one talks yeah. about Bradley Beal like the other guys in the top five list. And yeah. I don't know Chris what he Middleton. has to do. Yeah. CJ McCollum, like these guys will never. <laughs> All those guys are in the same group. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what he has to do more other than win a championship and take the winning shot. <laughs> like I, you know, no respect for Bradley Beal in my opinion. Not enough respect for Bradley Beal. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. I hope it does. But with Russell Westbrook, he's kind of polarizing. But you know, people who people who love him love him. And, you know, people who hate him, hate him. But, you know, he's still going to be popular at the end of the day. Yeah. And he had a huge... I mean, his card was completely tanking, right? Like, yeah. I think everybody just assumed, okay, the career's over. He's at the tail end. He's a complete scrub. He can't <laughs> hit a jumper anymore. And he just had, a like, a monster resurgence this year. Yeah. And his cards have come back up, right? So, um, I think that's it. really... Yeah, that's really making people change their minds about who... Russell Westbrook is at the end of the day, big picture when his career is done. So, yep, for sure. Yep. All right, guys, that is a wrap for this episode. Another fun one for sure. Uh, we'll definitely try to hit the national next year. Um, but right now, I'm going to so look jealous. at the videos of people who are there and just kind yeah, of so jealous, just FOMO so jealous. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it, but suckers. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next year. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening to Cards to the Moon. We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung 
at Integrity Sports Cards or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at fivecardguys.com. Thanks again and hope to connect soon.